0: Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard podcast wherever and whenever you're listening we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus head to coventryvineyard.org. Today what I want to say is has the potential to get you out of an enormous amount of trouble So you may want to listen, and there's some really good advice. And we're going through the book of Proverbs. Um, And so what we're looking at today is speech. I don't know, when was the last time you got into trouble by something you said? Was it this morning? Was Even this morning, did somebody say something you thought, oh, I didn't like that? Or maybe you said something you've had to apologize already for this morning. Or maybe this last week, uh, you've kind of thought, I oh, know, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I could have phrased that a little bit differently. And so as this series is, is uh, going on, we've got another uh, three where we're going to look at money and sex and power over the next three Sundays. Or well, next Sunday, we've got um, Steve and Tammy G, who are down in Milton Keynes. They're visiting. Um, they used to be at Northampton. They've just planted a new church in Milton Keynes. And they're kind of regional leaders for vineyard churches and they'll be with us next week Um, so if you've got any complaints uh, they're the people to go and talk to but which area of your life do you most need wisdom Uh, we ended last week with that as one of the questions and I think for a lot of us speech is where we get into a lot of trouble sometimes I know I do I was away on a a trip um, back in May And I was with somebody who is probably uh, 20 years older than me, uh, very different uh, strengths to me, um, very different personality type. And I realised quite early on that my sense of humour wasn't necessarily helping our friendship or relationship during this, this missions trip. And I found I just couldn't stop. I was dropping these kind of like absurd, in my mind, really funny things. Um, so every time I, so a, we were sitting in a, having a conversation with people, and on a screen there was a, a roller coaster that you could go on that was local to where we were. And um, I was like, Steve, you really would ought to go on that, don't you? And he's like, no. And it was very, really, oh, I, I said his name now, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but then I saw Laser Quest and paintballing and go-karting, And every time I saw it, I just found myself saying, you'd really like to do that, wouldn't you? And uh, just just as a joke, because it was just so far removed from what I knew he wanted to do. And I was thinking, this is really funny. So I'm having a really funny time inside. And then we're going to have to scrap that name, by the way, (laughs) later on. Um, And then he said to our hosts, after I've been dropping another sort of funny moment, and this is the day I'm about to do a talk. a a church he just said don't believe a single word this man says and he said it in jest but i was crushed and i haven't actually talked to him about it and at some point i probably need to but i was thinking oh that was harsh then i was thinking but i pushed him and pushed him and i was being a fool you know i was i was using my humor Probably to try and get him to like me. I've kind of been thinking it through and it wasn't working very well. <laughs> so I don't know, that's that's a very personal example. I don't know about a year whether you've said something or done something, usually said something, and you thought, oh, maybe I could have done that differently. Now Proverbs is intensely practical. Um it's really about having skill in living, as we looked at last week. And nearly a hundred of the proverbs are about how we talk, how we use our mouths, how we speak, the things we say, because our words reveal what's in our hearts. Um, We'll come back to that later. But what's going on inside of you gets spoken out of your mouth. And we've all said something that later we wish we hadn't said. So today's going to be intensely practical. Today's talk is probably going to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but My aim for us today is that all of us would thrive in our speech, that we'd be able to speak words of wisdom and not speak things which can be foolish. We ended the last talk about what it means to be a fool. So how do the things we say demonstrate to others that we are followers of Jesus? How do the things we say demonstrate that we are living as children of light, that we are people of the kingdom? Because our words demonstrate wisdom or foolishness. So my hope is that this is very, very practical discipleship for all of us. Okay. So I'm guessing that most of us have said something that we're not very proud of. Because words are part of our everyday interactions. They're vital in bringing God's kingdom into the lives of others. We speak to people and we speak words of wisdom. We speak healing. Jesus gives his followers power and authority to use words in the work of his kingdom we'll come back to that later because there's power in our words so a couple of proverbs um, and we're going to drop in some of these pro- proverbs all the way through today in fact what i'm going to do in the newsletter for this next week um, is we're going to do a whole summary of all the proverbs about words and we'll try and sort of put them into a bit of a topic. So if you sign up for the newsletter, that will be a free resource, and maybe you can think through uh, some of those. Another resource that you might really appreciate is a book called The Way of Wisdom that I've stolen most of this from um, by a guy called Tim Keller. And the way they've structured that book, The Way of Wisdom, um, is uh, chronologically through the year. So it starts in January and goes all the way through to December. So if you're thinking about Christmas gifts or you're married to somebody who you think could do with a bit of wisdom and less foolishness, that would be a great gift for them. Because <laughs> we can't under- underestimate the power that there are in words and the damage that our words cause. For example, and we're not going to do this now because of time, but imagine in this talk I pointed out to Steve and talked about how stupid and ugly and how much I dislike him. <laughs> and imagine... He just got up and walked out saying nothing. What that would do to us as a community, instantly a whole load of us are like, I can't believe he just said that. And is Steve okay? Those of you that don't have any empathy, you're like, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, But some of you would be like, that's caused some disruption in our community. And we have responsibility for the things that we say. Our words have power. Our words have the power to destroy someone's confidence. Our words have power to ruin someone's reputation. Our words spread gossip. Our words have the power to split families. Our words have the power to divide communities. Words have the the power to create and sustain prejudices and biases and fears and anxieties that are virtually impossible to remove. If something's been said, it's very difficult to get that back. And I think some of us are sitting here today or standing here with a microphone, and you've got arrows that are like sticking out of your heart where people have said something to you, and they still linger. And the pain of that is still with you, maybe even years and years later. And if we speak to children in a particular way and we put them down or we say they're stupid, or they're ugly, or they'll never do anything good, even if, if just an offhand comment, those children carry that all the way through into adulthood. So power, there is a power to words. In uh, Proverbs 10, 11, it says, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. In Proverbs 12, 14, it says, wise, wise words bring many benefits. In 1219, it says, truthful words stand the test of time. And I think we're not really fully wise unless we fully grasp the power of our words and the, the, the potential there is to create life or death. So a couple of questions. Do you talk too much? Don't have to answer. Do you nag or criticize? Are you argumentative? Do you sometimes speak in anger and not, let, not filter what you're about to say? Do you lie? I find sometimes I might stretch the truth or say something which is, I know is an obvious lie because of my kind of humor and, and that kind of sarcasm and all the rest of it, but realize actually that's just a lie. I'm just saying something which I think is funny but it's just lying, and I need to kind of work on that. Maybe you can help me with that. Do you love to share gossip? If so, Proverbs has some wise advice for you, which we're going to go explore through this morning. Okay, so firstly, words heal. Let's look at the kind of the positive side thing. Words heal. Um, in Proverbs 12, 18, it says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. So you have the power with your words to bring healing to other people's lives. You have the power in your words to undo what people have done in the words that have been curses or the words that have put people down. You have the, the, the power in your, in your words to point people to Jesus and demonstrate the kingdom. In... Proverbs 18, 21, it also talks how words kill. It says the tongue can bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It says the power of life and death in our words. In the message version, it just says words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. That's kind of Eugene Peterson's take on that. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And we all need words from the outside to affirm us. A couple of years ago, I was sharing with a friend of mine uh, what was going on in my life and what I was doing and what was happening. And he just paused and just said, I am so proud of you. And I can still picture where we were standing when he said that. I can take myself back to that moment because that has sustained me so many years when things have been tough and we have to remember that words have power are you aware of the great power that even your offhand words have to both bless people So just something similar like i am so proud of you you've done such a great job and in britain we don't tend to do that we, oh they know we don't have to tell them that they're they're good that we're proud of them. They know because of the things I do, but words have so much power. If you're a dad, let me make a really strong recommendation. If you've got kids, tell them how proud you are of them this week, even today. Come up with an excuse to tell them how proud you are of them. wasn't expecting to get emotional over that. See your words are potential carriers of life and death they can be toxic and polluting or they can be encouraging and life-giving see words can also pierce like swords they can get into your heart like those arrows in our hearts where people have said something which has been a curse in proverbs 12:18 one translation says the words of the reckless pierce like swords Tim Keller in his book The Way of Wisdom says when you say a hurtful word you can never make things as if they've never been uh, uttered it's like the wound from a sword the wound may heal but your body will never be the same as if the word sword has never cut you the scar remains words of the reckless can wound your reputation making it hard for people to ever fully trust you again words have been triggers for murders suicides and actual wars words kill psychologically call a child stupid ugly or worthless and that child will grow into an adult who may spend all of their life trying to undo the damage that has damaged their soul so how do our words create chaos and pain so let's look at those questions i had a moment ago so do you talk too much Proverbs 12, and I haven't got this on there, so you might want to make a note and look at it later. It says, God's, God can't stomach liars. He loves the company of those who keep their word. Prudent people don't flaunt their knowledge. Talkative fools broadcast their silliness. That's a message version. Talkative fools broadcast their silliness. Have you ever been in a meeting where people are just talking and talking and talking and talking, and you think... Just give it a rest. Just stop talking about yourself all the time. Let somebody else say something. If you're talking too much, you are going to say something really foolish, and you are going to get yourself into trouble. Proverbs 17, 27 to 28 says, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. Could say a woman of knowledge uses words with... Let's say a person. And a person of understanding is even-tempered, Even a fool is thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. So Abraham Lincoln took that and he said, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, which is really good advice. Maybe some of us just simply need to talk less. Maybe some simple maths might help us. A good rule of thumb is that if there are two of you in a conversation, you do about half of the talking. If there are three of you in the conversation, maybe do about a third of the, com- the, the talking. If there are 10 of you in a conversation, like in a small group, and one person is doing pretty much all the talking, something is wrong. And so as, as a group, we don't necessarily want to just challenge that. but We want to encourage people. That, and one of the skills of being a, a life group leader is to encourage everybody to, say, to talk. And some people need a bit more encouragement to talk in groups than others. Some people don't need any encouragement at all to tell you exactly all the amazing things they've done in their lives and everything that they think about everything else. (laughs) Wise people use their words carefully. They understand the power of words. So maybe the wise thing for you to do today or this week is to maybe even ask a trusted friend, do I speak too much? In a meeting, do I dominate the conversation? Secondly, do you nag or criticize? Um, Proverbs 27:15 to 16, the Message version says this: A quarrelsome or nagging spouse, not just one or the other, is like the drip, drip, drip of a leaky faucet. You can't turn it off, and you can't get away from it. Proverbs 25:24 says, "Better to live alone in a in a shed than share a mansion with a nagging spouse." Proverbs 17, 9 said, those who cover up over an offence promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Now, an insight into nagging. Nagging really only happens, I think, when people have not really done what they said they would do in the first place. And there's a power balance there. There's a power. We're going to look at power next time we talk, look at Proverbs. There is a better way than constantly nagging or criticizing someone. Nagging can often come in the form of statements that start with, you always, dot, dot, dot. You always do this, or you never do this. It's like an exaggeration. You always do it, or you're just like this person, uh, usually a relative. Um, it's you always, or you never. And so nagging um, just brings people down further and further. And in We'll talk. We will talk. I haven't got time to do this. But in husband-wife relationships, there is that power element to to that, where nagging can come in, and just disempower and create a whole load of pain. Um, And for a lot of us, if we get nagged, we're even less likely to do something. It's just the weirdness of how it all works. Anyway. Let's move on from that before I can say something I'm going to get into a lot of trouble for. Are you argumentative? So Proverbs 17, 14 says, Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. So are you compulsive with your words? Do you stir up conflicts in meetings? Do you just love a really good argument? It's like, okay, let's get everything out and just thrash through all the painful stuff and Let's have a robust conversation and talk about all the problems. But actually, it can end up in a quarrel. It can end up in an argument. And if you're in a group of people where some people are like, really don't like confrontation, and you're like, I love confrontation. I want more. The more confrontation, the better. But you've got people in the group who's like, I can't stand confrontation. This is really stressing me out. We have to be sensitive about the power of our words. There may be a timely moment to have a robust conversation about something, but look around you and think, is this the moment to have the conversation I really want to have right now? Or is there a better time? Do you sometimes speak in anger? Sometimes in an argument, you might say something which you know you shouldn't say, but you just can't help yourself because you know it's going to score points and put the person down and hopefully win the argument. Uh, Proverbs 18, 13 says, spouting off or answering before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. And we talked a bit, bit about that last week in terms of troublemakers and mockers. Proverbs 15:1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If you can diffuse an argument with a gentle answer you can win a friend back if you just put a harsh word back to them it just escalates all the anger and you can lose a friend proverbs 15:18 says the hot tempered stir up dissension but those who are patient calm a quarrel proverbs 29:11 says a fool gives full vent to their anger but a wise person keeps themselves under control. Proverbs 29.20 says, Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. So think about if you're in an argument, next time you're in a, a conversation, it's like you're getting all those, those red flags. There's, a, there's like, this isn't going in the direction I wanted to, and I'm starting to get really annoyed and angry. Maybe even actually physically take a step back rather than st- taking a step forward, if you physically take a step back, it's, it's a physical thing saying, I want to just pause on this and help us come <coughs> and look at this problem together. It may be that if you're in a, in a conversation, you might even want to open a door, <coughs> literally open a door and take a step back because that open door gives the person you're having a conversation with an exit route. They can see that there is now, they're not trapped in a room with you. But it opens the door. I mean, if you're in an office and you're... That might, might be a good thing. If you're in an office, open the door, see what happens. In terms of you having a conversation, because your conversation may, very diff- may change very differently if someone knows that other people can hear or if they see that there's a way out. Okay, do you lie? Um, the tongue that brings healing. This is Proverbs 15.4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 26.28 says, A lying tongue... Hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Lying is just, I mean, it's the opposite of truth, isn't it? We're supposed to be truth speakers. And so for me at the moment, it's like, what is that difference between lying, or even exaggerating, and humour? Or do I lie to make myself appear better than other people? in, a, in a, a conversation. Last one, do you love to share gossip? We were in a, I was in a meeting uh, this week with some other pastors, and the conversation got on to talking about other pastors that we knew. And it's, I knew I was talking about this on this Sunday. And it's like, OK, where is this conversation helpful? And where do I say actually, friends? This is this is moving into gossip. This is if they were here, we might not say this thing. Um, if somebody is in the room with you, then you know, carefully have the right conversations. But if somebody is not in the room, really be careful about what you're saying about them, because inevitably it will get back to them. Especially, okay, if you're if you're talking to a spouse or you're talking to a friend about one of your children, very often your children might hear about it. Whether in the next room, if you're, if you're in a room and you're, you think you know, your child's on the other side of the room and you say their name, our, our minds, our brains are, are triggered. If we hear our names said, we instantly tune in. So be really careful about how you might talk about your children. So Proverbs 11 says, a man who lacks lacks judgment derides his or her neighbor. So, okay, a person who lacks judgment derides their neighbor. A person of understanding holds their tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 16, 27 to 28 says, scoundrels, which is a great word, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So if we had more time, we could also look at the power of words when it comes to flattery and exaggeration or slander and deceit. I think those six areas, talking too much, nagging and criticising, arguments, speaking in anger, lying and sharing gossip gossip are probably the key things that can most damage a community and can most damage workplaces and families. Because as you said at the beginning, your words reveal what's in your heart. If you have bitterness or resentment or dishonesty or pain in your heart, it will come out in the words you speak. If at the core of your being you are selfish, or self-seeking, or a narcissist, then this will be revealed to those around you. And it has the power to damage communities, workplaces, relationships. Jesus knew all of this. So when you think of Proverbs, I can't help thinking, when I'm reading through Proverbs, how Jesus modeled so many of these Proverbs that he was so wise when it came to speech. And yes, he said some harsh things, but he also said some really gentle, life-giving things. And maybe the harsh things were for the people that were causing, well they were, the harsh things that Jesus said were to the religious people that were stopping those on the outside of the kingdom from coming into the kingdom. So Jesus says this in Matthew 28, No, Matthew 12. Matthew 12, 33 to 37. It says, make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Out of the overflow of the heart. Am I reading it wrong? I read the bit before. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them. And evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. But I tell you that people will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. In the message version it says this, every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation Words can also be your damnation. And so Jesus here is talking to the Pharisees who know the whole book of Proverbs by heart in the original Hebrew. They knew their stuff. And Jesus says to them that they will stand before him and he will judge them for the harsh words that they have said. But he will not forget the kind and gentle and life-giving words as well. See, others can often see what is in our hearts more than we can. It's because of our words. They reveal what's really going on inside of us. So if we're saying something um, which is maybe out of character, or maybe we're saying something which uh, is, is winding people up, it's obvious if we might be stressed or anxious. And sometimes I would just say to somebody, what's going on at the moment? Uh, I remember having an argument with, um, I used to, have I got time for this? Yes, uh, I've decided I've given myself some time for this. Uh, I used to work in a, in a restaurant. I used to work as a, um, an assistant manager. It was a coffee house, Really? Uh, we used to do chefing or pretend to be chefing. The, the guy who was the main person was a proper chef, and he, but he was also trained in the army. Um, so he was an army, ex-army chef, and we used to have some robust conversations. And I remember being a middle manager and wanting to kind of be that pastoral, empathetic person and protect the rest of this, the staff from this tyrant who was in the kitchen. And kind of being in between But we had a conversation. It's like, can we just pause this conversation? Because this is escalating and getting out of control. And come back and talk about it in 10 minutes. So we both kind of... and he He was grumpy with that, but he was fine. But we were able to get out of the space, come back and actually have a decent conversation and develop a really good working friendship. But it's being able to see what's going on inside of someone's heart. Not always that good. Okay, so do you want to be wise in how you use your words? What's the answer? Yeah. Thank you. So, um, next step. So we always have a couple of, you know, what's the next step? So on the next, this next week, the next two weeks, what's one little step that you can take in order to be moving along this way of wisdom? So the first one, let me suggest speak less, which is what I should have told myself right at the beginning of this talk. When words are many, sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise proverbs 10:19 proverbs 15:28 says the heart of the righteous weighs its answers but the mouth of the wicked just gush evil proverbs 21:23 says those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity the message version just simply says watch your words and hold your tongue you'll save yourself a lot of grief my youth pastor a long, long time ago said, gave me some advice or us some advice that i carried through. Um, and it's really, it's a bit cheesy, but it's really helpful. And it's just simply think before you speak. Is what you're saying truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? So the acronym THINK. So is it truthful? Is it helpful? is it inspiring, is it necessary, and is it kind? And I've carried that through for the last, what, 40-something years. Sometimes I'm good at that, sometimes not so. Then finally, keep me everybody back. Sorry. (laughs) Secondly, use words to build up rather than pull down which is what i didn't do just then use words i know use words to build up are we able to use our words to forgive one another to tell the truth to speak the truth in love but don't use that as an excuse to tell somebody exactly what you really think of them speak from the heart of wisdom and grace Proverbs 16, 23 says, The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Are you gentle and kind with your words? Are you honest and unprejudiced? Are you calm and timely with your words? Sometimes things might need to be said, but right now is not the right time. And that's, that's a, a skill I'm still learning. Uh, Ephesians four twenty nine says, Do not let, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. So imagine what this community would be like if we used our words well. If when we gather together in life groups, on Sundays, uh, in friendship groups, that we used our words to build one another up. That we demonstrated our love for one another with, with the words that we use. And that spilled over, not just here on a Sunday, Sunday morning or in our church community, but it spilled over into our workplaces. You have the power to bring your king, the, God's kingdom into every Environment where you're walking with words God created life and he's given us the ability to use our words to bring life to others with a word Jesus healed the sick with words he opened the eyes of the blind with a word he calmed a storm and he brought people back to life Imagine what we could do with the words that we use in our workplaces, in our families, in our church. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.